Hey guys, it's Dina and Lydia, and you're listening to Retweet. friendship breakup um if you tuned in last season or maybe it was our first season I can't really remember but we did an episode on friendship um and now we're kind of going to do the opposite side of the coin so friendship breakup which is something that like we all go through it we all experience it but there isn't necessarily space for you to grieve your friendship and it's not something that's really taken seriously or talked about a lot so we're gonna be talking about friendship breaking up And for this week, for the very first time in Retweet history, this episode is just me and Dina. So last time when we had the episode (laughs) on friendship, we had our mutual friend. And this time we decided to do the conversation over again, just the two of us. Just solo dolo. And like, if you hate this, you can say that. Like, You can tell us. (laughs) But if you love it. You can also tell us. And also, like, me and Lydia have this conversation over and over and over again, and we're honestly professionals at this point, so we don't really need another perspective. Usually we bring people in because (laughs) we need another perspective or we need, like, they have an experience that we don't have. They have, um, like, whether it's lived experience or whatever. But, you know, we have been out here breaking up. Yeah, we've been going through... Friendship breakups, acquaintance friend breakups, lots of types of breakups among friend all the group types of breakups. Friends. Yeah, like is, there's always like there's best friend breakups. It's like it's weird. Your party friend breakup. Your party friend breakup. Yeah, that's real. Especially when you like shift lifestyles too, and someone fit into your lifestyle at one point and now they don't anymore and it's because they were a specific type of friend like yeah no and I think that's one of the most interesting pieces of our last episode was we were so like little and we had I think I was like in my second year university Dino's in her third year university like really very much like still living at home talking about friendships and so many questions that I had then I now have the answers to but like so many of the friendships I had then I don't have anymore and when you're growing up I do think that like it's so crazy how different how differently like friendships manifest and how they're valued no that's 100% um true and I've always had like a complex about the fact that I don't have any long-term friendships like when people and when I say long-term I mean like people that are like, oh, we met when we were five years old and we're, you know, we're still in each other's lives to this day. Uh, My oldest friend that I currently have is from high school and like probably like the latter end of high school. Um, So I definitely have a complex of the fact where I'm like, okay, is this a reflection on me that I have not been able to maintain um, any of those relationships? But like at the end of the day, I know that's not the case. I just have a complex about it because I'm like, holy shit, I have none of my childhood friends are really in my life or if they are, we're like, not close Mm -hmm. yeah I was the same way like when I was graduating high school I like 
basically left with no friends because I just couldn't take my high school friends anymore. And that was during a time where I feel like a lot of people were kind of like bashing people who um, travel different friend groups really fast, Um, which to a certain degree, I think if you lack identity, you might be someone who like hops to different friend groups really um, almost like in an unhealthy manner. Like it's just like almost clingy and anxious, uh, then that is a bad thing. But I think sometimes when you're growing up, like because you're evolving and really becoming into yourself, it's like how could you, how it's almost like impossible for me to think like how could I have the same friends that I would have when I'm 15? Because I just feel like so much of my personality is like completely shifted. So for those people to kind of like intermingle with this kind of energy, it just doesn't make sense. Like, I think you can definitely evolve in friendships and stay friends and still find common ground on the things that brought you guys together in the first place. I think I used to have a very strict definition of friendship in that, I, you know, it was ride or die kind of thing. Like, especially when I found certain people, I was like, holy shit, this person's going to be in my life forever. Um, you, you know you just click with some people in a certain way. Um, But I think it was Lydia who kind of said to me, like, it's okay to have a friendship for a certain season in your life. And it doesn't invalidate the experiences that you shared in the relationship that you had because it ended, even if it ended on bad terms, because it served a purpose when you were in it. But I, I think I have the tendency to overstay in relationships that, like for lack of better words, no longer serve me because I am so like emotional and like nostalgic and connected to the good times and the intimacy that I shared with that person and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I think I'm almost on the opposite spectrum where sometimes I just give up and I'm just don't, I don't write it out or communicate why I'm leaving because I think being a Gemini and being someone who's sociable I just always was able to kind of bounce through friend groups without feeling the consequences of my actions. You're like three strikes, you're out. Whereas for me, I'm more um, apologetic to a fault. Like sometimes it's a relationship needs to end, but it's hard for me to find that place to do it, to do that sometimes. Unless you do something like really, really horrible to me, for the most part, I like give people the benefit of the doubt or I like try hard to repair the friendship. Mm-hmm. It's just I think I'm at a point in my life where making friends is a lot harder than it once was. Obviously, because we're out of school, we are like just kind of in the workforce or whatever. It's hard to make friends at this age. And like, I don't know, unless you're like really intentional about it and go on like Bumble Friends or something. But mm. it's really hard to make friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even to add to that, like, uh, even though I do switch, I can and have switched friend groups or switched out friends or friendship broke up with people fast, I will say, like, before I do it, I always, like, it's almost like I will play a highlight reel of all the times they made me feel so good. And that does make it still really hard to break up with people. And It's interesting because on our last episode, one of the biggest questions we kept repeating or one of the biggest questions I kept repeating was like, how do you know when to have a conversation with something or with someone and then or it's a mental no. And I think some of those friendship breakups, like 
they became mental notes despite them needing to be conversations because I kept going through that reel of like those happy hours with that person and thinking like I don't want this to end because I'm expressing like a boundary or something Mm-hmm. And like at the end of the day, I think when you make a mental note, you're doing a disservice to yourself and the other person, unless it's something like pretty minuscule, or if it's something where you think having a conversation about it wouldn't be helpful, then like obviously maybe make a mental note. But I don't know. I just, I've really been leaning into radical honesty and over communicating is better than under communicating at the end of the day. And so, if you're consistently talking about your feelings with your friends, which I honestly don't do a lot too. Sometimes I'm just like mental no or, you know, like it's not that big of a deal. But all those mental notes start to add up and now you've got a book and you got to end the fucking friendship because it's like, it's so true. And Brene Brown, if you guys don't know who she is. Oh my God. Honestly, like if your therapist has ever sent you Brene Brown, like you deserve compensation. Like, Literally. They love her. You're down bad. Horrendously. Yeah, they love Brene Brown, but she has this podcast and she has an episode on boundaries and it really spoke to me because um, she's having a conversation with her sisters about boundaries and as they were kind of conversing about their boundaries and how they've been expressed in their relationships are not expressed. One of her sisters uh, was kind of explaining, like, I hate having these conversations with people. I hate um, letting people know they hurt my feelings, that I have boundaries, because I'm scared that if I say those things to them, they won't think, like, changing their attitude will be worth it, or they won't like me anymore, um, which was something that was really interesting to hear, because I think even in my past relationships, I've thought to myself, oh, well, if I'm, like, the fun girl, if I'm having, like, if I'm someone people like to laugh with, or even just friendships in general, like, you want to keep it lighthearted, you want to keep it fun, you don't want to be someone who's, like, known for being dramatic, Um, but then, like, a lot of times when you're doing a mental note, you do need to be wary where you're thinking to yourself, like, is it not worth the conversation, or do you think that person won't think you're worth respecting that boundary? When it comes to boundaries they are yours to enforce. Like it's something that's completely in your control and it's not necessarily how to get someone to act the way you want. It's okay. This is the point where I'm going to walk away now. So it can be scary to try to like, quote unquote, enforce your boundaries, but enforcing your boundaries is just saying, I'm not going to deal with this. So enforcing your boundaries is actually like hundred percent within your own control because I don't think it's about trying to get someone to respect your boundary it's more about knowing where your limits are and what behavior you will not put up with or what treatment you won't put up with. Um, so I think shifting my mindset with boundaries in that way has helped me feel a little bit more empowered in, in feeling like I'm not trying to control someone else's behavior because that's like, you can't do that. Um, but instead, if I communicate, like you don't, you also don't have to communicate your boundaries either. They can just be things that you have for yourself and you just walk away. And that's also something that I've been learning too is like, again, sometimes it's not the conversation. Sometimes it's just you can leave and you don't have to deal with whatever. For sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of also my favorite um, questions that we had in our last episode was how do you cut off a friend? So this wasn't like, when do you cut it off? It's just like, how do you cut it off? Um, we ask questions like, 
When is it the right time? Is the feeling itself wanting to cut someone off valid enough? So example, feeling like you need a legitimate reason, maybe a fight, etc. Yeah, I mean, I think the ways that I, I deal with friendships ending are really different depending on that context of if we just grew apart versus if I got let down versus if I let someone else down. Like there are different emotions that come out with that. I don't know. I personally don't like growing apart. That's actually the hardest one for me. I would actually rather have like some type of closure or it's not even closure because closure doesn't exist. The friendships that I've had conflict and they've ended because of conflict are a lot easier for me to get over. And it's because I can point to something when I think about the friendship and I feel sad about the friendship and I miss the person. I can rationalize in my brain that, okay, even though I loved this person and I, I'm still going to think about our memories, I can I can understand why the relationship ended and I know it was for a good reason. But when we just grow apart or when it's something that I did wrong, I take it a lot harder. And I when I, when I miss them, I, I don't necessarily have that rationalization of, oh, like this relationship wasn't meant for you. Mm-hmm. That's interesting that you said that growing apart is the hardest one for you. Like, I totally understand the reasoning because you're right. Like, there is something to pinpoint. But for some reason, I actually really dislike it when it's like a fight. I'd rather just grow apart because every time it's a fight, and this is also very telling of the types of people I'm also friendship breaking up with, um, the fights I feel as though I'm always the villain. And that part irritates me more because if we grow apart, then they can't really talk badly about me. And then if we mm-hmm. fight, then I now feel like there's like vendetta against me. Yeah, that's the it's really hard being the villain in someone else's story. Like it's really difficult. And I have friends like that where I know that for some of them, like rightly so like I did do them dirty but other ones it's like you know that this person is just going around spreading mess about you and it's not actually how the friendship went down and they're actually probably like the horrible one so yeah I think it's hard to deal with the fact that also we all have different interpretations of what happens in our relationships and when you're the person that did wrong it can be difficult to be self-aware of that and also take accountability for that as well Um, but when you like the situation that you're talking about Lydia where it's like you probably didn't do anything wrong in any of those situations it's just circumstances like race or gender or whatever that are like you know framing the way that this person is (laughs) that people are interpreting what is happening between you two yeah (laughs) and I'm trying to be vague but it's not working Yeah, I'm the villain in so many people's stories. Um, Yeah, and those always take me way longer to get over, which is unfortunate um, because it doesn't matter what people think about you. But that's really interesting, you know, that you brought up the other alternative of, like, us doing wrong and getting broken up with. And that's something that has yet to – That hurts. Yeah, I imagine, like, that hasn't happened to me yet. Actually, no, it hasn't. Not in a legit way (laughs) that I believe. But even if it wasn't legit and you believe it, like it's the fact that they believe it. 
That's true. Okay, so I have then been yes, yeah, sorry, I have been friendship broken up with for being a bad person and being blamed for the toxicity or what you want to call it in a relationship. Um, although I didn't, I, I, it sounds like I'm gaslighting them, but I just don't believe it. Um, but, <laughs> but I did recently have a fight where, not a fight, but an argument where I started to kind of realize like I actually legitimately might be wrong. And um, it is something very weird to kind of come to terms with. So I guess like, how do you come to terms with that? It happens when I feel like I'm farther away from the person I was when I hurt that person, if that makes sense. So I feel like I'm no longer the same person that did those things. I've grown and I've changed and I've been able to take accountability for my actions. That's kind of how I like get over it mm-hmm. is extending grace to myself and not judging myself for things that I've done when I was a different person under different circumstances and um, knew less than I did today. So that's really like the only way that has helped me cope with it because I honestly do, I internalize things a lot as a reflection of who I am at my core. And it's it's usually the negative things and a lot of us do that. Um, So trying to kind of separate, you know, good people can do bad things, but also hurt people can hurt people. And like that is just so true. Like I know it's corny, it's true. but no, it is true. I know. Like I've I've honestly like been at my worst when I've been really really horrible to people. So, mm-hmm. and that's actually a really um, good point to bring up because hurt people definitely do hurt people. Um, and also like how you feel about yourself a lot of times are reflected in your friendships, and that's something that I'm coming to terms with. Um, so recently I am pressure breaking up with a lot of people, but it's actually a lot of people who I knew when I was younger, not younger high school, like younger university. And it's interesting to break up with these people and then look at a relationship and think to myself, why was I friends with that person in the first place? And like looking back at my like early university stage, especially like when you're vulnerable and you're insecure and you want people to like you and you need friends because you're at kind of at me you're going to kind of pick up whoever is available and I've gone through a phase of again like moving to Toronto where I was like making friends with anybody because I was at it was scarce it was, it was dry land I needed people in my circle and because I was like essentially like desperado I like brought in a lot of people that shouldn't have been brought in but because of the reflection of myself I let that happen and um, I was going through these friendship breakups and I was like oh I feel like I'm being villainized sure but also like why do you keep selecting these people that are clearly not good for you you also need accountability for that so I don't think you need to take accountability for that though Lydia like I think that's victim blaming to be honest oh. because if I if you no you're victim blame like you're victim Myself. blaming yourself <laughs> Yeah, because like when you think about some of the behavior that you experienced in some of these relationships, they were borderline abusive. It's true. Um, you were getting you were getting gaslit. Like these are like it was a gaslit like, friendships. <laughs> like no, literally, like <laughs> it was a gaslit summer. summer because like okay, no, you're right. like you but- we can okay, like we can talk about abuse in like a romantic context, but your friends can abuse you. you. Like your true. friends can gaslight you. It's true. So you're right. I guess that is a bit victim blamey, but I do think 
it's your, I got it's blaming yourself. Like, listen, you were vulnerable when those were released because you were in a new city. Yeah. You were in a new job. Yeah. Obviously, you want to feel closeness and intimacy in relationships and friendships. You want to hang out with people. You were literally vulnerable. Yeah, you're right. Guys, I forgot. I, was, I forgot for a second. I thought I was a strong black woman. I literally was just like, you should have. You should have known. Babes, you were the victim. You were literally a victim. And also, like, in some of these relationships, like, it was a hate crime. It was was a hate hate crime. crime. But I guess, okay, so that is true. But I guess, like, there were some times where I would think to myself, like, how, like, how, why would I think that's kind of a good fit to begin with? Like, even our, like, interest didn't seem like it made sense. And I can look back and it's like, it's just because you wanted to make it work. You know, like I think about, for example, girls growing up that I knew that like always had a boyfriend. Like they break up with someone, they'd always have a new person lined up. And I'd be like, why the hell does it always work for them? And it's like nine times out of ten, it's like they're just accepting the first thing that is coming their way. So, of course, it's a, it's a lot. It's coming in and it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. You're not selective. And that's kind of like what I was doing with friends. I was just like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like I'll just move on. And then it kind of – that kind of also ties into the whole friendship breakup thing where I like it to kind of grow apart, quote unquote, and then have a fight because then I can just like move swiftly, keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, and But honestly, I think that that's more healthy is the, the grow apart mentality is a lot more healthy. And that's like the natural progression of life is you guys are going to find yourself in different mm-hmm. places in your life and different experiences. You're going to get pulled in different directions and you're not going to be as close anymore you might not even be friends anymore you could just check in once in a while or like not even that just like each other's posts whatever <laughs> um I think that's way more normal and I've only had like one relationship maybe like no actually I lied all of my friendships have ended on bad terms <laughs> I won't lie or like we've reconciled maybe we've reconciled after the fact but yeah um, but Lydia, you said something to me when we were talking the other day, and you said, I've never lost a good friend. And I'm- I and I was thinking about that, and I was like, at face value, I was like, that's not true for me personally. But after I really sat with it, I was like, no, she's 100% right. And it's not even that I've never lost a good friend, but it hasn't been a good fit for that time or, like, the relationship. Like, it's not like they're – I'm not trying to say that they're a bad person, but it's just we're not good for each other maybe or we're not – yeah, like Mm – That's (laughs) what I was going to say too. Like, there have been friends where even though we had so much fun, it – it just it was so undeniably natural that after we stopped hanging out like there was still like a clear burden that was left off my shoulders in a way that was like oh you don't have to do that thing that you don't like doing because you feel like you always have to do it because that one person like it just Mm -hmm. there's so many things where and the truth is is like one of the other reasons I think I also had a hard time friendship breaking up in my previous years and months and lives is because I just, like, didn't want to, like, burden someone else with, like, this heartbreak. I was just, like, mm-hmm. I feel so bad for them, like, whatever. So I just, like, let it kind of, like, play along because, like, also in those times of insecurity, which I think, like, a lot of passive-aggressive energy is insecure. 
um you just like don't value so yourself true. enough to, to to like not to like allow yourself to like not carry the burdens of others like you think it's your responsibility right. but you're unable to kind of just like allow yourself to to like live your own life mm-hmm. yeah that's true I mean I think it's just interesting that you said after you you're ending the relationship you feel that weight lifted off your shoulders of um, doing those things that you hated doing with that person or maybe the way that person made you feel in certain aspects of your relationship and it's like I can feel that but at the same time hold grief over the friendship ending Mm -hmm. and I think there's just not a lot of spaces where you can hold grief about your friendships and where you can express sadness and when you can express missing the person and I've noticed it in myself where I'm very like I try to rationalize my relationships quite a bit at the end of like after they're done to make sense of it in my brain and put it to rest and I always end with this like well the trash took itself out mentality never lost a good friend like that's very much been my mentality especially when I'm talking about the relationship with my other friends it's never like oh I really miss this person or I really and I have those thoughts it's just not there's not space for it in my friendships really I'm sure there would be if I tried to make space for it but it's not natural or you know necessarily normal or accepted to talk to your other friends and be like yeah I know our friendship ended um I really miss them you have to kind of be moving on from that whereas in a romantic relationship you can express that you're still heartbroken over the person like two years later and it's normal but you don't like we don't really have that space to grieve friendships um in the same way that we can grieve romantic relationships Mm -hmm. I totally agree because I'm the same way too I think because I'm like I think I weigh so much so that like I literally think about like you know when people have like revenge bodies for like their partners (laughs) I literally have like my revenge like everything like I'm literally like if I see you on the street I want to make sure you know I look better than you (laughs) I I have a revenge lifestyle yeah like I have to have a revenge lifestyle one of my favorite other things that we said in another podcast episode on friendships was kind of the difference between high maintenance and low maintenance friends. This is kind of an interesting one to think about, especially in relation to our attachment style episode. Because looking back, I think, honestly, when I was asking this question in 2018, when we recorded it, I probably was a low maintenance friend to people I didn't want to be friends with. So that's crazy to think about. Yeah, because you literally don't fuck with them. Yeah, I'm like, I'll hang out later. You didn't even, you didn't even want to be there. (laughs) I'd be like, I'm just like a low maintenance girl. Um, And then you, then you find people that you want to hang out with, and you're like, actually, want to hang out with you all the time. But I guess like the differences between the maintenances and, I guess like how does that affect the way you can break up with someone? So in relation to, for example, like. If you feel someone is like being extremely clingy to you and you really, really love them, but it feels like maybe the cost is like either the amount of time you spend versus like the quality of the time. So an example of this is I'll air my I'll air some of my dirty laundry. <laughs> I had a friend where we actually friendship broke up because she didn't feel like our communication needs were met. She felt as though like I wasn't talking to her enough. We were hanging out enough. And I was, like, very, very exhausted. Um, I didn't feel as though 
like I was being distant I was just being a normal adult who had adult things to do (laughs) um so we friendship broke up and I think that's a great way of being like hey well I just maybe low maintenance quote-unquote and maybe she's high maintenance quote-unquote um because that's gonna look different for everybody um but is that like a valid excuse really to friendship break up when everything else is good money I mean I I think if you're not able to provide them with what they need and if it is a level of I don't want to say commitment but a level of like engagement that you can't or don't want to provide like I think that's completely valid and it kind of just is a reflection on like I mean I don't know like as adults I just feel like why are you clingy I know it's crazy that is the reason why you have multiple friends so I don't know um I mean I've been friends with some people that have been more high maintenance or had higher a higher level of need As someone's friend, you extend a certain amount of grace to them. Mm -hmm. But then when you're thinking about the same things that they did or said while you were friends and you think back on it later and you're like, holy shit, this person's fucked up. Like if someone told me a story about a person that did this, I would think that they were nuts or I would like make fun of them. No friends. And it's like, you know, you kind of have those like, oh, like you see their side, like whatever. But if you heard it. If you heard the story in a completely objective way, you would literally you think would that not person be into had lost it. their marbles. Yeah. You would be like, this girl's a pick me, this girl's annoying, this girl like you it wouldn't be someone that you would imagine as your friend, if that makes sense. Yeah. For sure. I just have a lot of those. I've definitely had a lot of those, but I think I've had a lot of those because I told myself that a lot of a lot of times friendships require compromise. And I think that's totally 110% true. All relationships require a level of like communication and compromise. Um, But sometimes it's like, for example, someone maybe not having the same values as you. And sure, now you know, because of the context of who they are, it's like, okay, it was your friend. But I look back at some of my friends. I'm like, I like I compromise like my values, like my literal moral value being your friend. Um, So Mm -hmm. what at what line is where you stop compromising for your friend and you just realize you're not a good match? I don't know. Like, I think it's up to you. And like we talked about boundaries, it's when it starts to cross your boundaries, mm-hmm. the things that you're having to do in your relationship maybe. Yeah, I always think about those. Like, even just so – I had a conversation um, with some friends where I basically expressed that I – um I didn't feel as though we had the same interests, essentially. We got along really well. We just didn't have the same interests. It just, it got to a point where I felt as though, like, it's not that we're not nice and we wouldn't want to hear what other person has to say. It's just sometimes you just want to be with the people that you have the same interests with because then you can talk about what you like. And the concluding converse, the conclusion of that conversation was, like, essentially, oh, it's okay. Like, we still, like, are friends and, like, we still love each other and – like, I want to hear what you have to say, and you're going to hear what I have to say. Like, that's going to be, like, essentially the compromise. Um, but I look back at a situation like that, and I think to myself, like, that's not a compromise. It's just, like, we're all wasting each other's time. Right. Again, if you weren't feeling value in those relationships outside of – like, there wasn't any – there wasn't anything. Like, let's just be real. Like, there wasn't anything keeping your friendship together other than the fact that you were friends with other people or you were mm-hmm. in a friendship group or you'd known each other for a really long time. 
Um, so it's when those like foundational pieces of your friendship are missing. Yeah. I think. Or when maybe they were there at one point, but they're not there anymore. And those things are, you know, having the same morals or having similar interests. Like that's very important in friendships is to have similar interests. It's so that's like important. the baseline of so many friendships. Yeah. And it's it's so hard. Like I was literally talking to my friend Mimi the other day and we were just like Imagine if you had friends that, like, only ate chicken strips. It's, like, every time you go out for dinner, you would literally only be able to go to, like, Jack Astor's or, like, Chipotle. You don't want to go get pho with me? Yeah. And that's even on a very minor scale of, like, I'm just talking about cuisine. If you actually don't have, like, the same interests in terms of music, art, hobbies, uh, movies, whatever the case may be, like, you're going to have a really hard time chatting. Yeah, well, I think it's just so easy a lot of times, especially for women who like men, like to get together and like have so much of our conversations be about dating that it's almost easy to be friends with people for a long time without having the same interests other than your heterosexuality. No, but it's actually insane how long like even I think like in my past, especially in university, like friendships I had that were able to kind of like only be fueled by talking about the fact that we were both like single and straight like again black I guess or whatever so that's one thing that's one way I think a lot of times I don't know about men or like other people and where they date but especially like cishet straight women they are they can be friends with someone for a long time if boys are at the center of it I want to talk about insecure because we saw really an iconic friendship crumble during season four um and if you haven't seen insecure i mean that's on you but i will probably be spoiling it so skip ahead if you would like i'll put the timestamp of when the spoiler ends in the thingy um description <laughs> in the description yeah in the description like a like a professional um but basically it's Issa and Molly's friendship falls apart in season four. And we see it at the, the beginning of season four. It's in the beginning of the episode. And then it kind of flashes us back and shows us everything that happened to lead them to the point that they were. And for the most part, a lot of it was lack of communication between the two of them. And then during that season, it was when Issa was trying to put together her block party. So she was very busy professionally. She was, like, grinding. She was out there trying to, like, make things happen for herself. And she had been really unhappy with her career in previous seasons. So this was, like, a big moment for her. And then Molly has always been that person. She's always been the career-driven friend. She's always been the friend that has been super busy, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. In this season, though, Molly is focused on her relationship. So maybe she's not, like, empathizing with the side of Issa that – was Molly when she was like grinding, um, trying to make partner in the law firm and everything like that. Uh, so they were, they were basically playing different roles in their friendships. And I feel like they couldn't reconcile with that. And then we saw it start with things like missed phone calls and not calling back. It escalated to small comments here and there about, um, like different things that obviously bothered them, but it would be said in a passive aggressive way or as a side comment. And then they basically had like a big blow up that 
ended their fr- friendship for like a certain period of time. It's just so painful to see it play out on screen, the lack of communication and the when you're like literally just like go talk to one another and talk about how you feel and when you see it play out like that. But I feel like I've had so many relationships where I've seen the same breakdown happen because we aren't communicating or because it's like small things that bubble up or the passive aggression and things like that. So yeah, I just want to talk about their relationship. Who who did you think was in the wrong? Because there, I feel like there's like you can see yourself in either character. And then obviously like a lot of people have issues with Molly as a whole so yeah specifically to insecure I think it's really interesting because I've always been someone who liked to work a lot and I try to push myself so I've always related to Molly even though I understand why people dislike her in the Issa versus Molly I think logically I I felt I felt more for Issa because you know this is someone that was kind of on the come up And even though Molly was working on her relationships, it just feels like – it feels awful when you're someone who's, like, finally doing work and your friends aren't – like, they aren't valuing what you're doing. Because those are the people that you value opinions so much that you want to get, like, the clap of hands from your friends. And, like, Molly not giving that to her is, like, very annoying. Although I do think that, like, having romantic relationships and, like, having relationships when you're someone who works a lot is, like, very, very hard. Because when you're someone who, like, has goals, like, career goals, let's say – you know that like I'm just gonna work hard to get to A to B and B to C and da 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 da. So with relationships, a lot of times it feels just kind of just like luck. So when people who are workaholics, like, I know for even for myself, like if I feel like I'm like in a situation where like someone has a crush on me or whatever, and something might come into fruition, to me that's like such an insane win because. Like, if I don't get a job interview or don't get a job, I know there will be another one. And I will just work that much harder with the instructions given to me that I'll do better. So I think in this situation, I feel more for Molly. Yeah. I mean, it's also about, like, what type of expectations you put on your friendships. Because I feel like in Issa's case, too, like, yes, she was busy and she was grinding. But, again, she should have... In certain situations, I think she should have communicated a little bit better. The one scene where I think it was Tiffany who was really struggling, like after having her baby and was like ex- exhibiting a lot of postpartum symptoms. And like Issa wasn't really there for that. She wasn't there to like support her friend. It just depends what your expectation is. Like, is it that they show up when you need them? Is it that you text every single day? Like, those are two different things to me. When you need them, they're still there. There's ways to make it happen. There's ways to show up for people, even if it isn't physically. You can send texts, you can send flowers, like whatever. Like there are ways to show up even when you are the busiest person on the planet. So I don't know. I just think that, again, it's about the value you place on friendship in your life, I think. And that can shift. Like sometimes having a child or getting married, like there are going to be times where you don't have as much energy to invest in your friendships yeah it's just like it's almost like there's nuance yeah I definitely think there are nuances and I think even for myself that's why I'm so crazy about communication now and I try to be like super direct in a way that not every time you express a boundary or you like tell someone that something bothered you is it going to be an argument right so let's just say it now before it bubbles up into an argument because that's the one thing that you're scared of so if I just like say things and speak up and I say, hey, like this just like bothered me. Um, can you like speak to this? 
and it'll, issues will resolve way faster. And if that person thinks that's an argument, that's me being aggressive, then that's on them. Yeah. And I think, like, I think between Issa and Molly, that was a specific thing where they just didn't communicate and things bubbled up and bubbled up. And then they had a really, really, like, nasty confrontation because those things don't go away just because you don't, like, they're going to be there no matter if you acknowledge them or not. It's just one way, you know. For sure. It'll get resolved healthily in the other ways like it will come out one way or another Mm -hmm. but I also think and this might be something that obviously like anybody can (laughs) can uh, beat me on I guess but I guess like I find that especially in black female relationships um I find that like there's less like spaces for vulnerability I think that like oftentimes because like we're all kind of carrying that blacks that strong black woman trope consciously or subconsciously I find that like there's a lot of emotional vulnerability sometimes like too much and too fast and in a healthy manner but like in like my like when I've had white friends specifically white friends or like they felt comfortable enough to like cry off rip in front of me where I'm like that's something that that's a vulnerable Mm -hmm. thing and I don't know like I think that there is there is a level of privacy quote-unquote and I think in the black community that they hold value I sometimes argue that sometimes it's shame and that we just like don't talk about it um around like among Mm -hmm. like black people but I think yeah emotions are just like not something that are talked about as much in black female relationships so I find that that type of dynamic where it's like I was chill 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 until I blow everything bubbles up is like so that's only really happened among my black female friendships I think you're right, actually, now that I th- I'm thinking about mine, um, because I feel like with my white friends, I am so quick to address my discontent. And I don't know if it's like the difference of power dynamic, because there's always going to be a difference in power dynamic in our relationships, just in the simple fact that you hold m- more privilege than I do in society. Like, there will be a power imbalance in your relationship. And I've found that whenever I've been friends with white women and I felt it. Um, But I would be way more quick to express whatever is happening, the boundary that they crossed, the thing that they did, because I was okay being the person who was communicative about my feelings. Um, Because I wouldn't really be seen as extra. Whereas like in a black female friendship, that could also be like, the person's like, oh, this person's extra or like, you know, like culturally, we don't really do that um, when it comes to like the communication thing. It's so therapized. It's like white people do that shit about like send it, setting boundaries or whatever. Like, I don't know. It also depends like what kind of black girls you're friends with because, you know, there's like different kinds. there's like different there's different genres. <laughs> and it's like there's like the Janae Aiko, like Hotep very spiritual fake spiritual girly yeah. there's like the uh there's the sweeties of the world like there's like the the black the black luxury girls yeah. there's yeah there's the sweeties the queen we have the sweeties the girls with soundcloud boyfriends yeah um yeah there's like the rapper girlfriend there's like the creative there's like the one that always just has like a friend group of like like the Stacey Dashes of the world like the very like just white women and they like straighten their hair and they like love fucking white guys 
Oh my god, yeah. There's I know a lot of women like that, and I don't know if it's like a symptom of London. I think it's a symptom of London. It's in London, and it's weird because they like I understand where they're coming from, but also I'm like no, you're I get 25. It. Yeah, like you need to grow up. I get it because I was once you. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Anyways, if you see yourself not listed, let us know because our sociological categories are a little off, I guess. Yeah. Like, who did we miss? I mean, there are, like, I the mean, like black girls, like, the... Yes. Like, the... Evil. The, like, Willow Smith. Yeah, the Willow Smiths. Because Willow yeah. Smith is only, like, a hotep. She's just, like, an alt girl. And then there's also, like, I guess, like, the Sweetie would be, like, the BBL girl. Yeah, the BBL of that Or, girls. like, the, fa- the Fashion Nova girls. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like, I'm not even going to shit on Fashion Nova. Because when you have... A certain body proportion like sometimes it's the only thing that fits there you go so don't shame another thing that i do think about the molly and isa situation and in context with a lot of friendship breakups in general is i do feel as though i sense a bit of jealousy and i guess one huge mm-hmm. reason people break up in general and in life is because of jealousy and I guess, like, yeah. how have you dealt with that? Like, someone being jealous of you and then also dealing with your own jealousy? I mean, jealousy usually comes out in a way that makes it very apparent that the person is jealous of you. So I think I take it a little bit as flattery because jealousy is always flattery, to be honest. Like, you're jealous of me for a reason. <laughs> Ultimately, it's going to manifest in, like, passive aggressiveness um them making comments that maybe in turn make you judge or make you doubt yourself you can tell you can tell and whenever it's happened those friendships have never lasted because if you can't be happy for someone like there's no way that your friendship's gonna last unless you're able to be like okay maybe the fact that I was jealous is just a reflection of this thing that's going on in my life if you like interrogate your own jealousy like if you're someone who is why am I feeling this way? Because obviously I'm feeling this way for a reason. Jealousy doesn't just come out of a vacuum. Um, And so I can think about, okay, well, my friend is actually doing this thing that shows that they're following their dreams, they're doing their passion. And that's something that I feel like I'm missing from my life. And so maybe that's like some time where I need to pivot and look at what I'm doing and be like, okay, how can I fix whatever this is, this is, that's happening because it's gonna again gonna keep bubbling up so I try to really like interrogate the root of the jealousy so that I can understand it so that I can be a good friend to this person mm-hmm. when I feel it from one of my friends I try to extend them grace but I don't know like unless if it's consistent or if it just happens like once or twice like that's normal but the fact that it would be consistently jealous of of you like all the time and can never celebrate your successes like that's not gonna work for me in a friendship at all and oh that's it that's literally it of the episode and if you want to hear more please keep tuning in to retweet part two will drop in the near future so you gotta tune in every single week to know and you'll know when we're posted when you follow us on instagram yes get us to 1k get retweet to 1k in the year 2022 Follow us, like, comment, and share with your friends. See ya. See y'all.